direct from Orlando Sparks Campus. Everywhere. It's blindbargains.com virtual exhibit hall coverage. Brought to you by AFB Access World. For the latest news and accessibility information on mainstream and access technology, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon offerings, access technology book reviews and mobile apps, and how they can enhance entertainment, education, and employment, log on to Access World, the American Foundation for the Blind's free monthly online technology magazine, www.afb.org aw. Now, here's J.J. Meadow. Welcome back to Blind Bargain's virtual exhibit hall coverage. Today, talking about accessibility overlays, a process to add a bit of code or more to a website to make the website hopefully more and more accessible. They've gained quite a bit of traction over the last year or two. And given the business practices of some, also gained quite a bit of controversy. While some companies focus on overlays as a one-stop solution, AudioEye does a little more than just that. We've brought on Dominic Veracali president of AudioEye, to talk about what you guys are doing with overlays and much more. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, JJ. Glad to be here. So we've had people from your company on before. And incidentally, AudioEye is a company that has been around for a few years now, but kind of gone in a few different directions. So why don't you update our listeners on the main goals of your company currently and what you are currently offering? Yeah. So our main goal has always been to eradicate barriers to digital access. Over the years, the company has taken a couple of turns from websites offering a lot of services to kiosks or all kinds of other solutions. But in the past year or two, we've really focused on websites and uh, hitting the broadest part of the market as possible because we need to solve accessibility everywhere in order to solve it for anyone. So we want to make sure it's accessible for everyone to purchase a solution for accessibility. So walk us through the process of a company comes to you and say, hey, we need to make our website accessible stat. What's the process that you would take them through? Yeah. So first thing is sign up online, install our overlay, which just to be clear, the overlay for us is not only a toolbar, but mainly the value there is the fixes that get applied to the DOM behind the scenes to a visual user. And once they install that, we also walk them through the process of signing up for our service offerings, which do bring in people who are CPAC certified, as well as JAWS certified to walk through that website, find issues that automation can't find and automation can't fix, uh, but then apply those fixes. They get delivered through our overlay, but we also provide reporting after the fact to say, here are the things we still couldn't fix with our overlay, um, even with people. So you should try to fix those at source or let me train you and show you how you can get better over time. And we offer training programs for those companies as well. So really the full suite. And we try to help people bring everything to the table, but there is some picking and choosing that customers can do to fit their needs. So you say on your homepage that the service that you provide does meet ADA WCAG, which is the web content accessibility guidelines. At what point for a customer would you say your services meet that? Is it right when they install the overlay? Is it further down or what would they have to go through for you to guarantee that level of compliance? Yeah. So I like to break apart compliance from conformance with WCAG. So compliance is legal and law and has to do with, you know, the ADA and case law things hold up differently in court. So that's one thing. So compliance can really start as soon as you have a program and a plan in place and you're making progress. So from that aspect, people can be compliant early on working with us. 
but conformance with WCAG and actually providing a usable experience takes time, it takes effort, and it takes commitment. So from that aspect, that doesn't happen day one. Someone's going to install that and get better with our automation. And then after we go through a round of QAing that site and applying manual fixes, it gets even better. But then we continually monitor that site and look for new issues. And that's when we have more conversations with the customer around either creating more automated fixes for those types of problems or creating more custom fixes for those types of problems or teaching them how to do it at source. I'm guessing a lot of customers come to you looking for the quick fix and maybe aren't prepared to go through all this extra stuff. Are, are you finding that to be the case or are a lot of customers understanding that it does take more than just a one-time Band-Aid solution? Yeah, it's really an education problem. So that's something that I think has also gotten harder over time given just how the accessibility market has evolved. So we do try our best to educate customers that this is a journey and not a once and done approach. As long as you're changing your website and as long as you're adding to it and hopefully our customers' businesses are growing and that's happening, there's going to be accessibility needs that come along with that over time. So we really do try to educate, but most companies come in and they want a quick solution. We're able to provide that for them, but we have to guide them and educate them on what real accessibility is. And we have a lot of programs to try to educate those customers and help them move along that path. So obviously you can't probably give exact numbers, but what would you say looking at the companies that come to you, like what percentage or what amount of companies go through the entire process that you would prefer them to go through and are, how many just come in look, trying to do the code and, and running away and never touching it again? Yeah, you know what? The nice thing is I'd say it's more than you'd think who go for the full solution. And part of the reason is agencies who support their customers want to do the right thing. And we only have to educate one person in that world to then hit thousands of websites. So we really focus on educating those types of folks on why it's important. And when we hit a company that has that type of a scale and we're able to educate you know, either main contact owner or whoever that is at the agency, we can then create unique solutions for them that apply to all of their sites, whether that's making a menu navigatable, fixing that with the customer, but then that applies to thousands of sites. So that's where the scale comes in and, and we are able to guide people along that process pretty well. I noticed a testimonial right on your homepage from one of your customers who compared your solution to that of UserWay and Accessibility, you know, having more manual involvement versus the one line of code. So it really seems like that's where you're trying to come down and have that full picture as opposed to just the one line of code solution. Yeah. And as a company, we've always had that services component. We've always had experts involved. So really adding the overlay was an evolution from doing all the manual work first and saying, how can we make this more affordable to more people than it was the other way around? So as I mentioned at the top, there has been a lot of controversy around overlays. Uh, there was a petition circulating that a few hundred people signed in regards to business practices, especially with accessibility, but some more generally speaking as far as overlays in general. So do you feel the, the public opinion of overlays has been tainted over the past year or two? And what are you doing, if so, to try to combat that? So there has been a lot of confusion in the market. And I think that comes from different business practices, but it also comes from I think the people who are looking for solutions don't fully understand accessibility. And that's where, you know, us and others in the industry really have to advocate and educate people on what accessibility is. 
So our approach has been to always be transparent and upfront with what we do versus what we don't do, and also try to be transparent with where automation can get you, where people can get you. And as long as the customer has that knowledge, then it's up to them to really take as many steps as possible to create an accessible solution. And we're there along them, educating them, helping them. So while that has been hard and we are taking steps to educate and be transparent in the market, we're really looking for ways that uh, we can partner with others in the industry to also set the record straight on overlays and where they can add value and where they don't add value. There are some that take the position that overlays should never be deployed at all and that every site should be you know, manually tested and remediated. Uh, obviously, you don't entirely agree with that, but what would you say to someone who has that opinion? Yeah, I mean, I really look at outcomes when it comes to how we solve this problem. So I would love the entire internet to be accessible at the very beginning for everybody. We're not there yet. So what are all the solutions we have to bring to the table? If we could bring the resources and get everyone to, from the beginning, create accessible websites, that would be great. Uh, We're not there. So it's going to take people advocating and educating developers when they're in school to teach them how to do that from the very beginning, as well as people creating overlays further down the pipeline for websites that aren't there already, as well as you know companies who understand are committed to accessibility, building teams and hiring resources and building training programs to make that happen for their companies. So if we the outcome we want is accessible websites, I think it's a multi-pronged approach where we're at. And if in you know, another 30 years, the education has brought forward a set of developers and designers who are doing this from the very beginning, you know, maybe our, our position in the market is different at that time. But right now, I think we need as much creativity in the marketplace as possible. And our solution, I think, brings the best of people and overlays to the table. Great. In fact, you mentioned a multi-pronged approach from bringing people into the equation. So you've been doing that uh, with users and there might be an opportunity for some of our listeners. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So we started a group about six months ago where we invite people with lived experience with a disability into essentially a, a testing process. We guide and moderate an experience with someone to give us feedback on a site and they're not perfect, by the way. So we, we find things that we can do better. And we bring that to our team when we try to fix those issues. But we also bring that to our team that maybe built a common remediation and say, how can we make this work better in these scenarios? So really trying to be inclusive and bring people into the fold there. So if, if your listeners are interested, uh, we'll give you a link and you can include that in the show notes or, or some way. Uh, but love to bring more people into the fold there. Great. It's a, yeah, it's a really cool program and uh, I've been involved with it myself and it's, it's a really interesting way to kind of remediate while also helping uh, you guys improve your product. Yeah, it's brought a lot of learning, uh, not only to myself, but also the thing that I've been most happy with is it brought empathy to the problem. A lot of people who don't understand accessibility have no way to understand it. So having someone go through a site with them or see an experience that someone had where there was a problem, it it really connects the, oh, there was no announcement on that menu that opened to someone who can't see that, doesn't understand there's more things they can click or do or or things like that. So it really brings that empathy as well to our product. I wanted to give you an opportunity to comment on a resolution recently passed by the National Federation of the Blind regarding 
overlays and a few steps that were outlined in the resolution uh, for overlay companies to follow, uh, including knowing that an overlay is available, being able to turn it on or off, uh, having contact information for the overlay company, being able to control various aspects of you know display or other settings based on the uh, user's needs and profile. What are your thoughts on that? Are these attainable goals for your company or where do you come down on this? Yeah, I think they are attainable goals. Um, so knowing whether the overlay is available or not, right now we apply our overlay automatically because we want to treat all users the same, whether they came to us without any need for overlay solutions or they did. So we're not segregating users or making them take an extra action. But I think there's not harm in saying we can allow users to turn that off or have that choice. And then bringing contact information or a way to contact the overlay owner. So we do that right now. In our toolbar, we have a help desk, which allows people to submit tickets or issues they've experienced on the site. And we can make that more obvious in other ways. But when anyone submits an issue there, uh, what we do is we remediate that on that site for free, regardless of the level uh, customers paying us. And we also inform the site owner. So we have some of those already and where we don't, I don't think there's anything here that seems out of bounds. Uh, one more thing uh, before we go ahead and do the contact information at, um, at the end, there was a comment and it wasn't made by you, but it was in the first audio I interview. I just kind of see where you're at now. The hope was that this was the first interview we did in 2017. That was that someday all website errors can be fixed uh, automatically through code. Do you still feel that way? Or do you think, Things have changed a little bit since 2017. Yeah. So since I've gotten involved with the company last year, my perspective and has also been shaped by uh, people like yourself and others in the industry who, who've come before me is that the internet is constantly evolving. So the types of issues are constantly getting more complicated or changing. So if there was a, a pause button, maybe automation would be able to solve everything, but there's not. The internet's evolving, sites are evolving, technology's evolving. So I don't think we're gonna get there anytime uh, that I can see where it's 100% all the time, but I think that has to do with the evolution that the internet is always gonna have. Well, thank you very much. We definitely appreciate you coming on and being very uh, candid about uh, your company and uh, what you're working on. If, so people wanna get in contact or maybe learn more about the user testing or services you provide for companies, what's the best way of doing that? Yeah, so I actually am going to have to provide you a link. It's not accessible on our website because we don't usually promote it. But we do have a community group. Uh, you can find it by the link I'll provide you. All right, we'll put it in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. And then if you need, have any questions for me or about the company, there's contact us on our, our site. And if you run into an issue with any AudioEye website in the toolbar, there's a help desk. Please submit those tickets. We'll be happy to partner with anyone who runs into an issue to make sure we fix that. And that website address? www.audioi.com. That's A-U-D-I-O-E-Y-E. Dominic, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, JJ. It's been great. For more exclusive audio coverage, visit blindbargains.com or download the Blind Bargains app for your iOS or Android device. Blind Bargains audio coverage is presented by the AT Guys. Online at atguys.com. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2021.